Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Dale and uh, this is the this is the episode titled uh, To the Woman Whom God Loves or The Woman Whom God Loves and uh, it it talks to my dear sisters in Christ the beloved daughters of God. And so it really this episode really is about identity and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about identity and as we're still starting I still want to say this as a disclaimer that I feel so unqualified for this first of all because I'm a male and uh, second of all because well I'm a human and of course I'm unqualified but isn't that what God is all about so when God really put it in my heart to start this episode it felt so noble i tell you that the things of the kingdom of god they feel so noble they it's a higher calling and i was like yeah totally and um this episode i hope is going to empower you and encourage you and uh to my male brothers i want to say that i will be making an episode i have this idea just this idea for a title called the making of a man like uh, it's amazing it's amazing i mean i know i'm not perfect and i know that i struggle and i go through life even as everybody and um i but the thing is i have a story and my story only i can tell i i can tell my story the best and you have a story and only you can tell your story the best so here i'm not here to share my story but i'm here to empower you and to speak to you out of god's word and uh, to remind you to speak to you about how valuable you are how loved you are how much you matter to god that's what this whole episode is about So before we go onward I <laughs> before we go onwards I want to say that I am so excited about this and I know my tone in the intro and my tone now just completely changed please don't mind that um but I am so excited about this episode because I've been waiting for it for such a long time even when I wasn't podcasting for those like 2 months I I was waiting I wanted to make it in fact I even want, wanted to skip the dealing with depression episode because it seemed like I had to do so much research but then if i think about it wouldn't i have to do a lot of research as well but nevertheless so where is my life at actually i'm at peace i told you that i got to this place where i was at peace after god said be still be quiet i will fight for you i i'm at peace but i must say that lately i found myself really weak and backsliding and uh, drawing back and uh, you know you know like getting further from god being getting like kind of like distancing from god i don't mean to distance from god i don't mean to get separated from god but i feel it is happening that as as if there's such a move that the world is changing me the atmosphere the atmosphere of the world is changing me i've always been a person who's always kind of been like disconnected from the world but when i kind of get connected from the world i'm like you know what everybody does it let me just let me just spend a few more minutes on social media let me spend a few a few more minutes on youtube watching let me watch one more one more video and then as time goes on even at school let me just no let me spend time with them no they're not actually that bad just just get past all that foul language and all that and all that you know rotten stuff in their minds and just just hang out with them and you'll be fine and you know and stuff and while on the people part on the people part there's a part you have to you have to have really wisdom you have to go with go 
you know, work at this with wisdom because on one side, out of those people, some are meant to be saved and I am meant to be used as a tool in their lives. And uh, it is my honor to be to plant a seed to, in some of them whom who knows when they might be saved. And uh, I have to be careful that I spend my time with them carefully and wisely that I change them as I'm, I change them to be, to be more like Christ instead of them to change me to be more like the world. And, uh, but nevertheless, over the past two hours, I've been just, you know, feeling so bad, um, lying on my bed. Uh, and uh, I downloaded this app called Glorify and uh, I love it. And uh, it just brought me back to my God. I want to tell you, I've built such a solid, such a, such a solid relationship with God, such a high relationship with God, such a closeness with Him. And uh, it took a lot of obedience. It took a lot of waiting. It took a lot of trusting. It took a lot of, are you sure? It took a lot of, are you crazy? <laughs> it took a lot of things, really, to get to where I am to to this point and to think that I'm drawing back from this relationship that I have valued above all things to that I am drawing back from this God who, who has loved me more than any other, whom I love more than any other. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about being conformed to the world. And so I guess I maybe I might be making an episode about that, you know, do not be conformed, but be transformed. Maybe, who knows, in the near future, because I'm hoping to make more podcast episodes. But anyway, I don't want to spend too, my, too much time talking about myself. Um, so where's I fat? I'm at peace, um, being tempted by the devil to go back to pornography. Um, but I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. I know that with my God, I have... I've, I've, I have overcome and uh, his grace will sustain me. Um, yeah. And uh, also, I feel I, I feel like these are so contrasted because I've been feeling in my heart such a call, such a such a drawing, such an attraction to the things of God, to just this noble calling, such a passion, a stirring, a revival happening that has been contrasted with the increased attack, attacks of the enemy, increased temptations, increased conforming. And uh, I guess it's, it's hell's response to this, this revival that God is bringing about in my life. And so if God wants to do anything good, and if you want to do anything good to get close to God or anything like that, the devil's going to oppose it with everything he's got. And uh, everything he's got is beneath you because God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So, yeah, let's continue into the episode. So I have written this poem, and this poem is, uh, or is it a letter? I don't know, but it's really creative. It's really artistic. And uh, it was God speaking. It came out of a poem or really a letter or a message that God was speaking to me about the day that he created me. So I was writing this for one of my friends who's celebrating her birthday in like five days. And uh, the original, the original got lost months ago. The, the original that got started months ago got lost. And uh, I lost that book that I wrote it in. I never even finished it in that book. And today God just you know, put it on my heart that why don't you finish it and and it put the intention and how to do it and all that and he was like, you know what, why don't you also record that poem and put it for the episode that you're doing? And he didn't it wasn't necessarily audible or the still small voice, but I felt him impressed that that he wanted me to do that. So I want to read that to you if if that's okay. Um I'm in my notebook, my journal actually and uh, it's titled the day i created you by god on the day i created you i was so happy 
Despite all the pain and suffering in the world, all of heaven and I rejoiced. I was happy that after all this time, I had finally created you. Beautiful, fearful, wonderful. I had already, I had already planned all the things we would do, all the days we would spend. I had already planned all the days of your life. From before your first breath, from when you came to be in your mother's womb, I had already assigned purpose to you, and I had deployed a guardian angel to keep you all the days of your life. On the day I created you, I thought of the possibility of you rejecting me, but I decided in my heart that I was going to pursue you with everything, that you may know every second of every day that you may know every second of every day that you are worth it. You are valuable to me. Looking at you now, I realize how you were worth risking it all. And looking at you now, my heart wells with emotion at the thought of how much I love you. When 2,000 years ago, I hung on that cross, I was thinking of you. When 2,000 years ago, I watched my son die, I had you in mind. I want you to know that I love you that much. On the day I created you, on the day I created you, I could not stop thinking about you. Even before you were formed, you were the subject of my thoughts. All throughout, I was imagining you and assigning purpose to you. I thought about the conversations we'd share, the people you'd meet. I thought about the sweet moments between you and I. And oh, that just astonished me. To think that one day you'd come to me and I'd love you with all my heart. My love for you has no bounds, no matter what you do. Your every sin do I forgive. Just come to me. I love you like no other because you are my daughter. I am jealous for you. Come to me and let my love cover you. Let my peace wash over you. Sit at my feet, my beloved. Sit and listen to my word because I have created you to love you. Sincerely, God. So I guess it's a letter because it's from God and it's God speaking to his people. And of course, that message from God, of course, went through me. It went through my mind, through my creativity. And it, but I want to know, I want you to know that really this is just a portion of what God feels for you. God just he loves you so much. Honestly, he, he loves you so much. His love has no bounds. Even if, you're, even if you're seeking him and pursuing him with all your heart, even if you're not, his love is still the same. It's still the same. He loves you either way. And he wants you. He wants you to come to him because he has created you to love you, to show you his love. And that'll be all for now. So I told you that this episode is about identity and I wrote a note yesterday. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was about identity. So I thought it would be good to include it in the episode that has to do with the identity of a woman. So uh, let me go to my notes, Samsung notes, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let me see. I wrote the note, the notes title is who am I? Who am I? And, uh, it reads, I'll start with what I'm not. And so it continues, I'm not my past. I'm not my failures and mistakes. I'm not off this world. I'm not my body image. I'm not what I do. I am not what I feel. I am not my struggles. I am not who people think I am. I am not defined by people's opinions. I am not what I do. What I'm not is every external thing that tries to define me. I am defined by the one who loves me, the God who desires relationship with me, the God who loves me. Let me repeat that. I am not my past. I am not my failures and mistakes. I am not of this world. I am not my body image. I am not what I do. I am not what I feel I am. I am not my struggles. I am not who people think I am. I am not defined by people's opinions. And I am not what I do. I'm repeating that. What I'm not is every external thing that tries to define me. I'm defined by the one who loves me, the God who desires relationship with me, the God who 
loves me. That is basically what we're going to be talking about over, you know, in this episode. Yeah. So for this episode, as usual, to include scripture, I have three women from scripture. And I'm going to read them out to you, their names. There's Esther. And I wrote with a dash, a big dash, brave women of our times. Number two, there's a Syrophoenician woman, the woman of great faith. And number three is a woman with the issue of blood. The only one that Jesus called daughter. So, yeah, so these are the three that are our inspirations for today, for this episode. So what is the reason for this episode? This episode, really, the reason is because it's needed that much. Because we're living in a day and age where there's so much misinformation there's so much wrong wrong identities going on that there really is a need for this episode and so when god told me to make an episode like this i was like yeah i'm totally gonna do it lord and i was like yeah yeah totally i'm gonna do that because i i felt it was such a great honor to be able to do this i get to do this 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 podcast these episodes i get to do this i get to do this it's it's amazing it's amazing and um, the point is the reason for this episode is because there's so much there's so there's so much misconceptions there's so many misconceptions there's so much misinformation there's so much misidentification out there and uh, as a result i just want to speak to today's women and to point them back to jesus to say that Here's the one who has defined you. Here's the one who has said who you are. Here's the one who said you're worth my life. Here's the one who said you're worth my son. He's the one who said you're worth, you're worth coming after, you're worth chasing, you're worth leaving the 99. And so that is the reason for this episode. It kind of is a short story of this episode. Yeah. So first we have Esther, who is our first character. And actually, okay, let me rephrase that. We have Esther, who is our first, our first biblical inspiration for this episode. So first, before I get into the identity part of Esther's story, I want to just kind of give you a backstory, just just to refresh your minds with just just a backstory. So Esther's story. So this is in, uh, I don't know when BC, between, wait, let me see in my Bible. What does it say? Between 486 to 465 BC during that time. So it's no later than 331 BC. So, so in here, it is said that King Xerxes actually, who ruled like he was king of the Persian Empire, and he ruled over like 127 provinces. So he was king of the Persian Empire and he threw a banquet for all his officials and all his nobles and all the people of his land for like 180 days, if I'm not wrong. For 180 days, he threw this banquet. And so at some point, the king wanted to... To, he wanted to show his wife to the people and just show how beautiful she is and, and, and that kind of stuff. And she would not come out. She would not come out. So after that, his advisors told him that because she dishonors the king, her position is taken away from her. And now his advisors, the king's advisors, tell him to actually replace her with someone else. So there actually is this thing that goes on where the selection process where it so happens that one of the women is Esther, who is a Jew, who is who I think is taken captive. I don't know. I really don't know biblical history that that much about captivity and all that. When I would read the, the prophets, I would kind of like get very confused. So like she's a Jew who's captured and it's she's in a foreign land. And she ha- she so happens to be one of the people who is, uh, I don't know if competing is the right word, but actually who is like 
in line who is who is a candidate for the position and it so happens that she pleases the king and she is really good at what she does so so then after that th this thing happens that in her position after a while some guy because he gets mad at Mordecai who is the uncle of Esther so just a little information I'm forgetting Mordecai is Esther's uncle or is it cousin? I, I'm not sure. It's uncle. It's his cousin's daughter. So, so Mordecai tells Esther not to tell anyone that she's a Jew. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because of fear or something like that. Or maybe God was involved in that because that would serve later to help them. So then it so happens that one of the guys, um, his name is Amon. He's passing by, and I think he's going into the king's courts. He has He's like one of the people who's the closest to the king. So he's going into the king's courts, and as he's passing by the gate, everyone bows down to him. Like He's, like, he's demanding respect, and everyone bows down to him. But Mordecai would not bow down. So he gets mad, and so he's like, who is this guy? And they're like, he's Mordecai, blah, 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 and he's a Jew. And so he's like, he gets mad at the whole Jewish people, at the whole Jewish nation. And so now he is set on making Mordecai pay and all Jews pay for their for for that. So he goes to the king and gets and gets it signed by the king to on a certain day to kill Jews and all of that. Just a massacre. And um it kind of reminds me of the of the of the killing, the horrible killing of the Jews uh, by during the Nazi rule. What, during the Nazi rule in World War Two, it just it just is so so horrendous. And so a similar thing is about to happen, and the news arises. It it goes to Mordecai, and Mordecai sends it to Esther. And uh, I'm going to read to you. This is where I'm going to start off. I'm going to read to you what arrived at Esther, the message that arrived to Esther and what, e and what Esther says in response. And this is where we're going to go on from. Esther chapter 4. I'm going to start from verse 1. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one, no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes to, for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. She sent clothes for him to put on, but he would not accept but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs, assigned to attend her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hatak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He, he, let me see, I've lost the line. Let me see, he, he also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their, for their annihilation which had been published in Susa to Esther and explained it to her. And he told him to urge her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hatak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal province know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court, Without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. 
The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to go into him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I, call, since I was called to, to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you are alone, you are alone of all the Jews, you, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent, now listen to this, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows but that you have you have come to royal to your royal position for such a time as this. Now it's Esther's response that I love. Then Esther sent this re reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it be against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I think other versions say, if I die, I die. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to just break down this, I think, verse 15 and the rest of the story. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Now, I think the whole point of Esther, the whole story, the whole the thing that we're trying to the lesson that we're trying to draw out from this place right here, from this from this biblical character who who was a real person who actually lived is this is found in verse 15 where she says, I'm going to go and I'm going to fast. And uh, I'm going to go up to the king, even though it's unlawful, it's against the law. And uh, the part that gets me that I just love, I just love what she says. She says, if I die, I die. The NIV, which I just read, says, if I perish, I perish. But I, but I prefer a version that, 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 the version that says, if I die, I die. So if you read Esther's story, you actually come to see that she, she really had come to the kingdom for such a time as that. So really, I believe that everyone who is in the world, wherever you're at, you're where you are in your position for such a time as this. God is a God of purpose and he is great. He is the best on getting on on getting people back in line with his purpose. There, It doesn't matter how far you've drifted. God can always get you back into his purpose and so the what that that's one of the lessons another one of the lessons is this that esther had come to the kingdom for such a time as this and from this i want to make this point that you exist on planet earth you were born to exist at such a time as this because the bible tells us that the prophets sought to know about this time the after the cross time when the Holy Spirit would have come, when all this, they sought to know more about this time when the kingdom was becoming manifested on planet earth. They sought to know about it. They, they desired to live in these times, yet we are living in these times. You are living in these times. And so it is an honor. You are alive. It is no mistake that you are alive on earth today. It is no mistake that you are alive on earth today. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what anyone says. You are alive on earth today and you exist for such a time as this. God has a great purpose for you. And Esther, when we read Esther's story, we just see God setting things up. Because who knows what might have happened to the Jews had Esther not been queen and Vashti, I think that's how it's pronounced in, in the language, was still, was still queen. They'd be dead. They'd be dead. But God is a God of setups and he can use bad and turn it around for your good. So I want to remind you today and tell you that you are here on this earth 
for such a time as this. So don't be afraid of anyone or of anything. You are called. You have a purpose. Every day, God has instilled purpose into every day. So you are to go out into every day knowing that God is going to be with you. And I love the bravery of Esther. And I and I just want to stir that same kind of bravery on the inside of you that I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care what anyone has to say. I am going to go out and I'm going to accomplish my purpose. I am who God says I am. And it doesn't matter what because I, I am alive. I exist for him. I am alive on this earth for such a time as this. God loves me and nothing else can tell me otherwise. Nothing can tell me otherwise. And so the the thing, the main lesson, I want to summarize what I just said right now. The main lesson is you're on this earth for such a time as this. God is calling out. I am calling out. God is calling out. God is trying to draw out, to stir up on the inside of you that bravery, to stir up on the inside of you that knowledge that you, you can't minimize yourself. You can't live minimizing yourself, minimizing your impact because God knows why he has you on this earth for such a time as this. And Esther went on to save the Jewish people in all those hundred and hundred and eighty or something provinces. All those Jewish people were saved. Why? Because of Esther. So don't ever minimize, don't ever minimize your impact because God wants to use you to do great things. And great things don't always look great. But God, on the judgment day, we'll all know. So the point that I wanted to make by for such a time as this is this, that don't ever minimize your impact. Don't ever minimize how much God can use you. Don't ever minimize what God can do with you because God really can use you and God really has a purpose for you and a plan for you. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't let what anyone says disqualify you. Don't don't tell yourself lies. Don't believe lies. Renew yourself with the truth of the word of God. Remind yourself how remind yourself how valuable you are to God. God could have chosen somebody else to do what he wants to do with you, but instead he has chosen you. And uh, he instead he has chosen you. He has chosen you. God has chosen you to do to accomplish your part of his purpose, of his grand plan for his kingdom. So don't minimize, don't in, don't ever minimize, don't ever minimize what you can do for the kingdom of God because you can be used by God. God wants to use you. You just have to be available. You just have to be willing and open. Next, we've got the Syrophoenician woman, also known as the Canaanite woman, of great faith, woman of great faith. This is my next point by, by that I want to make by this, by this next biblical character, the Syrophoenician woman. So first, I want to say that it was it. I had a lot of choices to choose from, of many women to choose from biblical characters, because there's so there there's so many. Um, at first, you know, in my mind, I was like. Who do I know? Who do I know that I can that I can use in this episode? And uh, one day, I'm 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 looking for something else, and I'm looking so hard, I can't find this scripture, and I keep on finding these verses, and I'm like noting them down. I keep on finding these scriptures about women in scripture, and like especially during Jesus's time, I found so many, so many, and I had so many to choose from that. I was like, okay, what do I want to, what point do I want to make? Okay, what what's the lesson here? So I chose a Syrophoenician woman because of one phrase. That's the phrase, that, that's the response that Jesus says to her at the end of the story. So her story's not long, so I'm actually going to read it. It's in, We're in Matthew chapter 15, and I'm going to start from verse 31, and it says, actually it's 21, it says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity 
came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David. Now do note, son of David is something only the children of Israel can, only the children of Israel know their Messiah as. She's not of the children of Israel. So, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from a demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps on crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Now, I love what the, what the, what the New King James Version says. And I don't have it right now. It's going to take a little while to actually go look it up in the New King James. But I think it says, um, woman, oh, woman, great is your faith. Now, that, now that's some good English phrasing. Oh, woman, great is your faith. That is good. That is good poetry. That is, that is good literature. That is good language. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. So I believe that in this generation, God is God is raised up and is raising up women and women of great faith who are gonna who are gonna go out into the world and act, who are gonna go out into the world and impact the world and turn the world upside down. They're gonna turn the world upside down. Now, do look this woman here. What I love about her is the way that she's so persistent in her plea, in her supplication, in what she's asking him for. She's so persistent. And in the end, he says, oh, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. I, I mean, Jesus, Jesus is so amazed by the faith of people who were not from Israel. There was a centurion. He said, I have never seen, I have never seen faith like this. And uh, this is amazing. This is amazing because she's like, Lord, I know what the, what your children, what the lost sheep of Israel take for granted. I, you can give, you can just give me the crumbs. That's all I need. You can just give me the crumbs. And this is a lesson that we can draw out from this woman, that she never stopped pursuing him. She never stopped. She never stopped. She never stopped. She was so persistent and in the end Jesus amazed she's like oh woman great is your faith great is your faith and I believe that God is raising up the generation of great faith a generation that's going to go out a generation like no other we are we are this generation we are the generation like no other and I believe that God is raising up women of great faith women who will not stop seeking him because the more the more one seeks God, the more they come to know themselves. And so the identity of a woman is defined by God. And the more one seeks God, the more they are transformed according to the image of his son. The more they are transformed to come to be like him the more they're transformed and they come the it's like we're it's like beholding in the mirror and being transformed by this mirror so that that like it's in the word of god looking in the mirror of the word of god and being transformed by the mirror of the word of god because we're living in an age of deception we're living in an age of de of, of just such great deception and deceiving and the devil has deceived many and i want to remind you that if you will seek the lord if you will seek the lord if you will seek the lord he will he will tell you who you are he will tell you all 
that he has for you, he will reveal to you and you'll have security in knowing. And so I just want to go out first thing and say that you, your identity is in his son, Jesus Christ. Your identity is defined by that in his son, Jesus Christ. And in that, you, you are his daughter. In that, you, you are his redeemed. In that, you, you are his friend. That, that, that is where, that is where it's at. That is where it's at. God is raising up that generation, women of great faith. So my point here is don't stop seeking him. Continue seeking him and let him reveal to you just who you are. Let him reveal to you all that you are. And another point that I want to make is this, that you, all that you are, is not all that you are, you're yet to find out. You are more, you are stronger than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. You are more capable than you think you are. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are all, you are all that God has said you are. And if as you go into the word of God to find out what has God said about me, you find you are actually strengthened you're actually encouraged and empowered by the word of God. It actually is your actual identity. It actually is who you are. All that he said you are. And one of the things he said is you are a woman of great faith. So next we've got the, the woman with the issue of blood who is found in Mark 5. And I'm going to read to you out of the TPT. And this story is really amazing because... This is the only one he called daughter. This is the only one Jesus called daughter. But it also has happened, just, just a little factoid, that he also called another one with a similar title. He, he called the paralyzed man son. The paralyzed man who was paralyzed because of his sin, he called him son. Now, this, is, this here speaks to the women who are bleeding on the inside who are hurting on the inside, who are hurting on the inside. And I just want to say that at the end of the story, Jesus made everything better. Jesus made everything better for this woman right here, this woman who dared to believe, who dared to believe. So I'm going to read to you out of the TPT, the Passion Translation. I, I It's one of my favorite translations of the Bible. I can't wait for when they finish the whole Bible. So, now, in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. I'm in Mark 5, Mark 5, verse 25, verse 26. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was getting worse instead of better. When she heard about Jesus's healing power. <laughs> Come on. She pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl for she kept on saying to, to herself, if I could only touch even his clothes, I know I, would, I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, What do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. Once again, just shows his humanity. He's, he's, he doesn't know who touched him. So, when the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what happened. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you have dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go 
with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. This is Jesus's message to you. This is God's message to you, to any woman who is hurting on the inside, who is hurt on the inside, who is hurt on the inside, that come to Jesus. Just come close to Jesus and let him redefine you. Just come close to Jesus. Just come close. Just come close. She determined that she, she was just, she wasn't even going to ask him, sir, would you please heal me? She was just going to touch the hem, the tip of his robe. She was just going to touch the tip of his robe. And the point, the context here, the message, the revelation is this. Just come close to Jesus. If you're hurting, if you're broken, if you're wounded on the inside, just come close to Jesus. Now, I love verse 34. Then Jesus said to her, daughter, daughter. Do you know what that means? Now, to explain this to you, I have an example. Now, God calls me son. God the Father calls me son. God the Son, Jesus, calls me son. The Holy Spirit calls me son. When they talk to me, they all they all call me son. Now, before, you know, somewhere last year, the devil would use this and and say that now it can't be God whom you're hearing because because well, Jesus never called anybody son, and you're not Jesus's son, and that was true. I'm not Jesus's son. If we're being, if we're being if we're being very specific about the Trinity, I'm not Jesus's son. Technically, according to the Trinity, I'm Jesus's brother. So I was like, how can Jesus? So I wondered, how can Jesus calls me son? And so as time went on, because he called, because he continually called me son, it became an identity to me that I was a son. Now, this woman who was hurting on the inside, Jesus saw her pain. And he redefined her. He called her daughter. This is what he wants to do with every single one of us. This is what he wants to do to redefine us. So the more he called me son, the more it stuck with me that I was a son in the kingdom. I was a son in the household of God. I was a son. Jesus wasn't saying I was his son. He was saying I was a son in the household of God. I was a son in the kingdom of God. I was a son of God. That's what he was implying. And it became my identity. It has become my identity. Every time, I don't think he calls me Dale much. I don't think he calls me by name much. He calls me son because he knew that I really needed it to be laid upon me that I am a son in his kingdom. I am a son in his kingdom. The same way that you, to you he speaks, who is hurting, who is broken, he says, daughter, because you have dared to believe, your faith has healed you. So I'm asking you today, would you dare to believe that Jesus can make you well? Would you dare to believe that Jesus can make you well? Let him redefine you. Let him redefine you. You can't redefine yourself. Let him remind you. Let him fill you. Let him tell you who you are. Come to him. Just come close to him. And I promise you that you're that you're gonna that you're that you're gonna be transformed. You're gonna be transformed. And I love what he says to her because you dared to believe. Your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. When you come to Jesus, just come close to Jesus, and He will free you from your suffering and redefine you. Yeah. Now, this is so in God's character that it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter anything you can ever do in the future. God just wants to relationship with you. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to do great things with you. He wants to do amazing, astounding things with you. And he wants, he wants to help you. He wants to help you find out who you are. He wants to redefine you. Nothing you can ever do can change his love for you. Nothing you can ever do can change his love for you. Nothing you've ever done has changed his love for you. And I just want to say, God really, really, really loves you. So don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget 
I want to say this, that you really, really matter to God. You matter to God. He cares about you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. You know the way that God loves? He loves as if you're the only one. He makes you the center of his attention, the center of his love. God loves you so much. And I just want you to know that, that your identity is based in Christ, not on what you think, not on what you say, not on what people say, not on what you've done, but it's based in Christ and on Christ alone. It's all based on Christ alone. So, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode because I really had so much fun doing that. And also worth mentioning is it was also very stressful making the episode. But I hope that on the other side, you get to enjoy it. You get to learn something from it and you get to... I hope that I believe that the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. And whatever it is that, that He's speaking to you about, I want you to follow it up. I want you to go with Scripture, with prayer. Follow, follow where He's leading you. And I believe that God wants, is leading you into just amazing, amazing things. And He just, this is just the beginning of the revelation of who you are. So yeah, this has been very fun making this episode and I'm so grateful that I get to make these episodes. I'm so, I get, I get to make these episodes and I get to speak to y'all and, and encourage you. Um, I really, I get to do this and I'm, I'm so thankful that I get to do this and also sorry, I have gum in my mouth if, I don't know if you can hear it, um, but anyway, so yeah. I think that we're going to go on with our mental health series and we're also going to make whatever episode comes along, comes along, you know, I think that might be in between the mental health series. We're going to finish the mental health series. Some of some two episodes that I think are definitely coming up are we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about insecurities because really interesting topics dealing with mental health. So and also I did promise to my male friends to my male listeners that I was that I was going to make um, an episode called the making of a man and I'm I'm going to I'm going to start working on these but to be honest the reason I procrastinate so much is because I'm not good at writing stuff down no actually I I think it's it's two of the extremes I am so good at writing stuff down and I'm not and at the same time I'm not good at doing it so yeah, I I get I I, pro, I procrastinate when doing that. I get lazy and I'm like, oh man, so much work to do, so much to write down. And well, I love writing. I think I love. I think I I write more than I read, definitely. But but you know, I I, can, I even can't explain it myself. But anyway, yeah. And we're gonna continue with our mental health series. Those are two epi- episodes coming up in our mental health series. And I'm not sure about the rest, the 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 remaining two. We'll see as we go on, and um, I'll see you next time. I, I really hope you enjoyed it. If and if you ever need to talk to somebody, please don't don't hesitate to contact me. The information is in the description of the podcast. And uh, God bless y'all. Bye bye.